0: Hi friend, it's 2020, and let's be real. If you're anything like me, your life probably feels busy, crazy, and sometimes overwhelming. But even in the midst of the day-to-day, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, do you find yourself constantly longing for something deeper, something real? Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, and truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed two years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if, you're not sure what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement in the midst of living, well, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real welcome back to the finding something real podcast this is your host janelle wood and
1: this is the temporary co-host brian wood
0: <laughs> we're thankful you're listening today this month we've been talking about living happily ever after in other words we're talking about healthy marriage relationships No matter whether you're currently married or maybe you're where I once was, eagerly waiting for Prince Charming but still dreaming of happily ever after, we hope you find this podcast encouraging and helpful.
1: Today we are excited to be interviewing special guests. Dun, dun, dun.
0: (laughs) That's right. We just admire you two so much. The way you talk about each other, the way you build each other up and support one another, the way you spend time with one another, Basically, Brian and I just admire you and your marriage, and we wanted to know more about the things that you've discovered along your journey together, um, being married almost 34 years. So with that introduction, please welcome to the Finding Something Real podcast, Darcy and Jim Rubart. Welcome.
2: Thank you.
3: Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you for taking the time to meet with us. So, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you two met?
3: So, I was going to college at the University of Washington, and Darcy was going to Western University, Western Washington University up in Bellingham. And I kept hearing about this amazing uh, gal that my friends uh, were going. My friends were going to college with her, and I kept hearing about her. In one day I went up there to spend the weekend with them and I met Darcy for the first time and fell in love at first sight but it took us three more years to get married is that right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it love at first sight for you? <laughs> 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 Thank you Brian um,
2: It was not quite the same as, as it was for Jim it was love at first sight for Jim but I was already in a relationship that was very troubled and so it took me some time to get out of that relationship and then and then it was love with Jim.
0: So you guys have been married almost 34 years and you also have two boys, is that right?
2: Yep. About two boys, Taylor, 27 years old and Mike is 24.
0: So what do you love most about each other?
3: Oh my gosh, what do I love most about Darcy? That's a very long list. That's a great question. I think the thing I love most about Darcy is she has an unbelievable fierceness to her. That you wouldn't necessarily know or see when you first get to know her, but there is such steel underneath her. She if <laughs> if Darcy loves you, she will fight for you like no one I've ever seen. And she loves me because she fights for me, she supports me, she believes in me. She's got an amazing perception of other people. Just Uncanny, where 99.9% of the time, her first blank, her first impression of people reads true. So she's got an amazing um, perception of others. She's got an unbelievable wit. Um, she has just been my champion and my support ever since we got married.
2: And for me, Jim is fearless. Absolutely a guy who, if there's a challenge out there, he's going to not only um, go after it, but meet it. Um He's also incredibly there for me in absolutely every way. And if I need something, he will drop what he's doing and come help me no matter what it is. As that's, it's that's been that way always in our marriage. Um, he's the most incredible father to our boys. I mean, now they're in their 20s, so he's not actively being a father as much as he was when they were younger. But I mean our evenings after dinner were always as soon as dinner would be over i'd be doing just dishes and he'd be um, when the kids were little doing legos with them or building hot wheel tracks um, doing big time wrestling just like recreating the whole big time wrestling ring (laughs) scenario playing electric guitar i mean bouncing on the trampoline and so jim as a father has just been absolutely incredible so yeah that's just a few things Mm.
0: So one of the things that Brian and I admire about both of you is the way that you, (laughs) the way that you two build each other up. And um, that's been evident from the very first time I met you, um, the way you talked about your wife, you're an award winning author. I know you've been inducted into the Christie Awards Hall of Fame. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Having won five times special award. For those who don't know what the Christie Awards are, could you explain what that is real quick?
3: Yeah, the Christie Awards are kind of like the Oscars of Christian fiction. And so (laughs) I had a dream when I was first starting writing fiction that I could someday win a Christie. So to win five and be inducted in the Hall of Fame is definitely surreal. And
0: And when you won, you shared um, what you said on Facebook. And I hope it's okay if I quote you here. But she said, and last but as far from least as, po- as is possible is my wife Darcy. She has been my rock, my greatest supporter, my confidant, my champion, my editor. And she talked me off the ledge so many times she finally put a lawn chair out there. When that huge publishing wave started back in 2006 and the Lord invited me to get on, Darcy was the one that sustained me, kept me from crashing, and refused to see me break. Without her, there's no question, I would not be standing here today. I think anyone listening to this right now is thinking, man, I want to be married to someone who speaks like that about me, or I want to be the kind of person who speaks that highly of someone that I am married to. Can you tell me, has it always been like that, or is that something you had to learn
3: Oh, it's always been like that. There's never been any rocky times in our marriage (laughs) whatsoever. It's always been. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, we've gone through our rocky times as well. And um, that's just, that's just marriage. That's working out authenticity with each other, but it's also working out the wounds that we bring into a marriage. It's the unwritten rules that we bring into a marriage. Um, Because when couples are fighting, when they're going after each other, when Darcy and I are going after each other, it's because we don't know how to love. That's what it ultimately comes down to. And our marriage is at a point, and I cannot believe I'm saying this on the podcast because this is, we'll go home and have a fight now, but (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I don't know, it's probably been a year and a half since Darcy and I have... Yeah, so we're, we're due. We're due, right? right? We're due. Doing. This is, <laughs> this is, this is due. And I th- because I think we've come to a point in our marriage, or we're, we're practicing something. We've figured something out. Having a really strong marriage is the key to that. Is very easy to describe. It's harder to understand, and it's almost impossible to do. So. You want to know what the key to a great marriage is? Listen
2: to
3: your wife. Listen to your wife. (laughs) Practice this in front of a mirror. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. The key to a tremendous marriage is taking 1 Corinthians 13 seriously because we hear it talked about in weddings. It seems like almost every other wedding. And now we're going to, you know, da, 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 da. But if we really took that to heart, love is not offended. Love is not provoked, love is kind, love is patient. Love has no record of wrongs, right? If we really, now, okay, now's the part, do we really understand that? What does that really look like? And then finally living it out, which is almost impossible to do. But when we get to that point where we go, wow, I'm never gonna be offended by what Darcy does. I'm I'm not, no record of wrongs, nothing that's happened in the past. I don't bring that up, I don't think about it, I don't dwell on it. Once you get to that point, boy, then you truly can love each other. I have a friend who says, yeah, my marriage is, he calls it a Petri dish because um, it's an experiment. Can I love Darcy with the love of Christ? So how can you love with the love of Christ? Well, then you have to enter into the equation is loving yourself. And a huge, huge part of loving yourself, and I'm learning this recently, is forgiving myself. Forgiving myself for all this stuffy that the enemy wants to keep bringing to mind. Well, back in junior high, you know, you did this. No, I forgive you for that, Jim. And so as I am more filled with the true love of Christ, with love that casts out all fear, because ultimately we are fearful, right? Fights are based in fear. I'm going to lose something. I'm going to lose control. I'm going to, and instead we go, well, I've got perfect love because I'm loved perfectly by the Father. That's when I can really love Darcy perfectly. So...
2: So I'm going to come at it from a little different <clears throat> angle, um, which is very difficult for us too. Yeah, <laughs> to. And that is um, a couple different things. We have a friend whose pastor said that really in your marriages, you have about um, you're married to one person, but you experience five different marriages with that person. Because as we get older, as we grow, as our family grows, we evolve, we change. And so as you change as a partner, your other, your partner has to sort of like change along with you. And so part, and I read a thing by Ann Voskamp today that was like, you know, when I'm, I'm, I'm laying in bed with this man that is not the same man and laid in bed with 20 years ago, you know, he's a different man today mm-hmm. and I'm a different woman today. And so part That's of, nice. of the marriage thing and growing together instead of growing apart as you get older is, really seeing with open eyes and respecting the person that your partner is growing into. And so, and there are bumps along the road with that, you know, um, but also some great, amazing, beautiful things that come from that as well. So, um, that's part of our journey has been, Mm -hmm. we've grown and changed in our life and we've sometimes it's been easy, sometimes it's been hard, but we've stayed with each other Mm -hmm. through all of those changes. So it's not a magic you know, um, potion. It's really deciding to stay and to learn and to grow and to accept change and, and grow with it. I think.
1: So I know there's that old quote of, I, am probably going to mess it up, but, uh, Be- behind every good man stands a good woman. And I think a lot of people would probably make the case that it's behind every good man is an even better woman. Um, as that person behind, especially with Jim and his accolades, um, I know you support him, but I also know that human nature is to kind of sometimes sit and question, well, what about me? Because even if Jim acknowledges you, people want to see Jim, not not Darcy in those those times. So what advice would you have? Because I think that can be a contention for a lot of couples of that support, but also that, I don't know if disdain is the right word, but that support for somebody. But that also, but what about me, I'm behind him. So what advice or or words would you give to somebody who is in one of those spots, whether it's the husband or the wife that is not in the spotlight? Um, How do you manage those two things being happy, but also maybe having that little bit of wondering, well, where's my acknowledgement?
2: Very insightful. Great question. For me, I, I've I've never been a person who's wanted the the limelight, so that that hasn't been a problem. But um, what we needed to work on was since Jim is so um, kind of in front of people and very known, um, I didn't mind that all eyes were on him because I didn't want all eyes on me. But what I what I needed to make sure, and what we needed to make sure that there was that there was a space for me to grow and create and become what what I was going to become. Um, and it was a challenge for us when we had young kids um, because I was doing all of that and giving all my time to that. Um, so there wasn't time necessarily for me to grow personally because I was very supportive of Jim and he was you know, taking off in the writing world. Um, and so that was a challenge for us. Uh, but now, now that the kids are grown and we've grown more in our marriage, you know, I, there is more time for me and you are giving me tons of time to grow and dream and do, do the things that I want to do. I think the advice I would give is just to, to sit down and really have a conversation about, you know, I'm so happy for the things that are happening with you. These are some dreams I have. I need to make sure that we can hold space for me to also be growing and learning and becoming who I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm.
3: And one of the pieces of advice I would give is Darcy didn't grow up in a household where people talked about dreams or what do you want to do or this kind of thing. It just wasn't the language. And so early on in our marriage, I remember a conversation before we had kids and I had all these dreams all, you know, even back then I wasn't even in the writing world, but I had all these dreams and ideas. And I said to Darcy, what are your dreams? What are your ideas? What do you want to do? And Darcy said, yeah, I don't really have any. And I was too young and immature and I took that at face value. Oh, okay. And great. Then let's just go. You can help me pursue my dreams. And I should have been more mature and said, no, 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 wait a minute. Slow down here. Everybody has dreams. Maybe they're buried. Maybe they're covered up right now, but everybody has dreams. Let's push into that. So if you're that person that's going after your dreams, please slow down like Darcy just said and have that conversation and go, no, there's got to be balance here. Let's 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 dive into this or let's press into it a little further.
2: Yeah. And the balancing thing is interesting because it's kind of an experiment. I mean, you have to, a lot of times you don't see where it's at until you're out of balance and you can feel that. Um, So just kind of probably like you're saying, you know, just like just checking in and saying, Hey, where are we? How are you? Are you, are you happy with what you're doing? Are you satisfied? Do you feel like, you know, how how do you feel like we are? Um, I think checking in. Mm -hmm. Yeah periodically is a really good idea so it's good it's interesting
0: that you used uh the word steel to describe darcy because last week on the podcast we interviewed a pastor and his wife um steve and stephanie haney and they their whole marriage their theme is fire and steel mm. Um, steel being the commitment that they have to god and to one another and then fire being the passion mm. and um i always tell people that brian and i are kind of like Brian's the flat line the the steel right and then I tend to be more of that up and down like more passionate person (laughs) um so what do you think is the difference between a solid happy marriage and a marriage that's really struggling and what are some things that have really helped you guys in a practical sense
3: communication is absolutely key and I'm gonna stereotype just a little bit here, but a lot of guys just are not that great at communication. It's it's this whole idea of, how you doing, Jim? I'm good, and I feel like I've communicated. I'm actually pretty verbal, I'm, I'm somebody that communicates, but a lot of guys, they, they just don't know how to express the feelings. The woman wants to draw that feeling out, wants to come on, share with me, I just wanna hear, right? which makes the guy close up even more. And so it's it's trying to get into each other's heads. And hopefully someday we would have the ability, if I could get inside Darcy's head for just five minutes and she could get inside mine for five minutes, oh my gosh, worlds would be opened up if couples could do that and understand. So it's taking the time to slow down and listen. By communication, I don't mean necessarily talking. I mean taking the time to slow down and really truly listen. And we had, A friend of ours, before we had kids, gave us a great piece of advice. And he said, You guys are going to have kids. Each other is the priority, not your kids. That means you got to invest, you got to spend time, um, just the two of you, you got to get away. You have to, have to, have to do that. And I think that is so key. We were, I think, fortunate in that we didn't have kids for seven years. We weren't sure we wanted to have kids. And so we did go through some some things early in our marriage that was really helpful to go through where we didn't have the pressure of kids on top of that. So, yeah, I guess I'd say that. Um, Make each other the priority, not the kids.
2: And if you can't work things out just between you, get help. Get yeah. counseling. We went to counseling early in our marriage. Like our I think it was year. our first year. Yeah. Well, of course, we both went thinking, this is great. She's going to fix. <laughs> she's going to finally fix what's wrong with Jim. and Or she's going to fix what's wrong with Darcy. And of course, it was you know, she opened Pandora's box, it was ac- actually just one of the most amazing experiences we've ever had. Um, but I think it laid the groundwork for us yeah. for, for what was to come. Cause yeah. then you add years to that, you add kids to that, you add stress to that and jobs to that. Um, it's hard to dig through some of what's going on to even get to what the, what the issues are with you. So, um, so yeah, communication and just hanging in there, hanging in there and, and, and just fighting for each other and fighting for your marriage. So.
3: And the other thing I would encourage people to do is find out your stories. In other words, you need to know how Brian grew up. You need to know how Janelle grew up. I need to know how Darcy grew up and the struggles she had with parents, sibling, coaches, teachers, all that stuff because that informs the way she reacts. There's a reason Darcy is such and such. There's a reason I'm such and such. And if you can understand that history, then you can start to change. Oh, because you've read a good story or you've seen a great movie where you go, oh, that's why the villain's acting that way. That's why the hero made that choice. And a lot of times we go into marriage with these unwritten rules of, well, this is just the way you do it. But if you knew the background, you'd go, oh, I get it. I get it now. And with that understanding comes more compassion and greater chance for healing.
0: So Jim, I know that in your writing, a lot of your books are all about finding freedom. Can you share how that that concept um, is important to you and What's the difference that God has made in your guys'
3: marriage? Galatians 5.1, why did Christ set us free? It's a good question. Why were we set free? Well, it's for freedom itself. It was for freedom's sake that we were set free. So that's the whole gospel, right? The thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. I came to give you this life abundant. So the whole theme of the gospel is freedom and restoration. And so that's why my novels reflect that, because that's what I'm searching for. That's what I'm struggling. For my personality is one that does want to be free, physically free. That's why a little bit of a thrill seeker, and you know, skydiving is fun to me, or water skiing, or dirt biking. It's because there's 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 a certain freedom in that. But I also the psychological freedom is really important to me as well. And so, I believe that God can bring healing. I believe He can bind up the brokenhearted. Uh, There was an incident that happened early on in in Darcy's. We hadn't even married maybe six months, and there was this huge. Uh, moment of freedom that came for Darcy. And it's just, I want to be part of that. I want to see her set free. I want her wounds to be healed. I want the same thing for me. And when you go through that together, when you are supporting each other, when you're believing each other, four four or five years ago, Darcy was going through a a tough spot in her marriage and in in your marriage, in my (laughs) marriage, mine too, (laughs) both of our marriages.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man,
3: I can't believe we revealed that on this podcast. (laughs) But Darcy was going through a a tough spot, and and she said to me, Wow, you know, I'm kind of putting you through some stuff right now. And I said, You don't understand. You're going through this is also taking me through something that is bringing me more freedom. So that verse in Hebrews, that's kind of mind-blowing when you really look at it. Jesus learned obedience through suffering. Now, I don't think that means he was disobedient. I think he was perfect. But a better word would be alignment. Jesus learned alignment with the Father through suffering. And so when we go through suffering in our marriage, if we look at it as this is drawing, if we choose to, we can get mad and rage against the suffering and become a victim, or we can say, this suffering is causing something to happen in me that's drawing me closer to the Father. And if I draw closer to the Father, and I know his love in a more tangible way, then that gives me the ability to love Darcy and... A more tangible way, and that's just going to improve the marriage. It's just going to happen. So,
0: Darcy, what difference has God made in your marriage?
2: Well, He's the reason we're still together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think just knowing He's for us, knowing He is for us, and He is there and is available and wants to help us. Um, and celebrate with us and cry with us and all of that so i i i can't imagine i can't imagine being in a marriage without him as the foundation uh, and i mean in the way of a father you know just a loving father who you can pour your heart out to or you can celebrate with or whatever so um yeah well you know. he's just
3: done miraculous things i mean we've had many miraculous things happen um, over the course of our marriage where you just shake your head and you go um, why are you so good to us? Why, yeah, like Darcy said, without him, it would just.
2: And it's so beautiful to get to this, I mean, to year almost 34, which yeah. we still think is ancient, but to to get here and go, look what he has done. Look what he's brought us through. Look how, look at the 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 peaks and the valleys of this relationship, and it really ends up being a gorgeous picture. So that's, again, back to your question of like, why do you you know you're hanging in there why are you hanging in there is because look at the picture he's painting and you wouldn't get to see that if you didn't go through life together
1: Janelle and I have kind of the same view that we're together because we love each other but more so because of God in inside of our marriage and and around our marriage and you know a lot of Christians have that view when they go into marriage but the divorce rate is about the same for Christians as it is for non-Christians so somewhere along the line we must lose sight of that in a lot of marriages or so what advice would you have to those people that came into a marriage as Christians and had that belief but they're close to giving you know giving that up or so how did you fight through those times when it could have been easy to say you know we're just we're done even though we know God is in this marriage we're done what what words would you have for them
2: well, I don't, want to, I don't want to make it sound super spiritual, like, oh, it's just because we have God, because even, I mean, clearly, like with what Brian said, that 50% of Christian marriages end in divorce, too. Um, we talked about this a lot, because a lot of our friends have gotten divorced, yeah. um, and they just, they quit before they got to the finish yeah. line, and, yeah. and I don't mean to, and I don't say that, I mean, each of them have had a really unique set of circumstances, um, we just we, we just didn't quit, so we just didn't quit. And we both, so that it doesn't sound super spiritual. We both are so invested in us, not only making it but succeeding in this amazingly great love story of our life, you know. Um, and that just doesn't happen without sticking with it. So and um, but we both were committed to that. We both are committed to that. Um, in some of the folks that friends of ours have gotten marriage one spouse was not committed and the other one was and so you can't you can't force that to happen Um, but in our case we both were like this is a good thing we're finding we're running up against roadblocks let's figure out how to take those down there's got to be a way to do that people have done it before us we admire those marriages we we love who we are together when we're good together so let's let's figure out how to make it work
3: yeah, I think that that's exactly it. I don't have that much to add to that because a couple of close friends of mine, both divorced, both happily remarried, happily remarried. And both of them say, don't get divorced. Don't do it. Don't do it. If they were doing it over again, they would have stayed in and fought through it. And I think there are circumstances where, man, you got to get out of that marriage. I, I'm not saying. So let me be clear on that. There are certain certain circumstances where you, you, it's just not healthy. Right. Um But in in most circumstances, it's the choice to fight through. And we went through a really tough patch back in 2012, but we just decided, nope, we we are going to fight through this for everything we're worth, we're going to fight through it. And in that vulnerability of saying, we're going to fight through it, We actually had some of the most amazing times of communication and deep heart reveal and vulnerability. Because you got to remember these people, both sides are hurting, right? Both sides are broken people. It's not like one's in great health and the other is. And and so you have two people that are desperate for what? They're desperate for love. They're desperate for healing. They're desperate for that freedom we were talking about. And that can only come through surrender and just to surrender to, Lord, man, this is hell. This is hell. But I know you can get us out of it. I know you can get us out of it. And then to Darcy's point earlier, we are not great in the church about going. How you doing today, Brian? At, at church on Sunday? Oh, I'm doing great, brother Jim. No, what if you said I'm going through hell? I'm, I'm about to get divorced, and I don't know how to handle it. I what? I think we wait to be honest until we're going over the cliff, rather than go. Hey, the, you know the lug nut seems to be a little loose on the tire here. Car's shimmying we usually wait till the, the car's in the air and, and we got it. I would just encourage you to talk to somebody earlier than that.
0: So good. So something that Brian and I started doing about five years ago was we looked at our life and we kind of evaluated our marriage and we said, okay, with the end in mind, you guys kind of touched on that, like looking, you're, You're building this love story, right? And you're going to the finish line. And we started going, okay, how do we want to finish? And then kind of working back from there. And so something we started doing every day is, almost every day, is we pray together. We just ask each other, how can I pray for you? How can I lift you up today? And we read scripture together. And it's changed our marriage, just that simple five-minute act, you know. And I was just wondering if there's been anything in your marriage that is a practical thing that has drawn you closer. That maybe you could suggest to somebody else.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to talk to the guys here, and it's very, very, very simple, but very practical. I'll give you an example, and I, I want Darcy to comment on this. But early on in our marriage, it's like, you know, kitchen was a disaster after Jim left the kitchen. Just being honest here, and nowadays the kitchen is always spotless. I always clean up. I. Unload the dishwasher. I clean up after dinner. I uh, so I just always do those things. Right? It doesn't. It takes ten minutes. But what it says to Darcy is what. Says I care. I I know this is important to you. And to me, it wasn't important. But I didn't. I didn't take the time early in our marriage to say, oh, this is important to Darcy. I should do this. So it's just a very tangible, tiny little thing that says I love you. I'm noticing. I'm noticing. Because what does a woman want? To be I want to be noticed. I want to be seen. And I want to know I have worth. And I want to know what's important to me is important to you. And it's so easy to do it, guys. It's so easy. And so you just look for those tiny little opportunities, whether it's like checking the oil in her car or doing the dishes or, you know, for us, uh, chopping up wood and bringing it in for our wood stove. It's just the little tiny stuff that doesn't take hardly any time but just means, means the world. There is a great blog out there and my heart just goes out to this guy. He's divorced now, but he wrote this blog post that got like a million views and it was my wife divorced me because I left the sink. I just left the the glass on the counter and the act of him not going ahead and putting it in the dishwasher and just leaving it there. That was symbolic of his wife going, you just don't care. You just don't care. And that was the tipping point. They got divorced over the fact that was the final battle over, you know, you didn't put the glass into the dishwasher. So it's just the little stuff.
2: But what his point was, because was he worked it backwards, it was like, just like you said, that that was a a symbol almost of the fact that he that he never did the next steps. Like if the dishes were dirty, he'd put them in the sink instead of putting them in the dishwasher or whatever. And he was like, why didn't, just to your point, what you were talking about, why didn't I just take that next step and clean up after myself when i got up from the table or you know push my chair in or whatever and so it was it was a great it was great because it's it's not that his wife was wanting him to be super fastidious that wasn't even what the issue was it was more like i never paid attention to the things that were important to my wife everything from this glass by the sink to whatever the other things were um and i think i don't know if he still writes or not but it's like it's like an advice you know or it's a blog to guys how to how to love their wives yeah
3: there's an amazing scene in the movie runaway bride if you've seen that movie and richard Gere is sitting with his ex-wife who is mimi rogers i think is right Mm -hmm. and they're friends they're friends and they're sitting at the piano and he turns to her and it's just heartbreaking because he turns to her and he says i never saw you did i and she just goes no you never did it's just like, oh, you know, a woman just wants to be seen, and guys, it's not that hard to do, but you have to be intentional about it. You have to take the time. You have to be intentional about it, um, and I think that that could be a game changer for a lot of marriages.
2: And for women, guys want to be respected. They want to be honored. They want to be they want to be seen. I think in a different way. They want to they they want to know that that you love who they are, and how they provide for you, and, and how they love you in the ways that they show you. Um, so I think for women, it's really easy to um, give a little list of the things that you're not happy with. I think what women don't realize is that men already have that list, plus about 10 other lists inside of them of the things they haven't done right. And for you to add to that just is so, so defeating. Um, and of course, as a wife, you know, you feel well, you know, justified in doing it because he didn't do these things. But the fact is you're adding to already the things that he feels badly about. So just really um, not making up things to to be respectful of, but but telling him how how much you respect him and what you love that he does. Um, telling him specifically the ways that, that he loves you that mean a lot to you. Can I share this?
1: It's probably in my brain right now anyways because... This week was not good. I, I told Janelle at one point this week, I, I was thinking about the movie Little Rascals. And there's a line where I can't even remember the character, but he, he just looks at, I think it's at Alfalfa and says, man, you're just messing up left and right. And that's what my week felt like was like every day I woke up and it was like, just add that to the, li- the list of like, okay, I'm totally falling short on this. So I think that's probably where you're going and go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, we went to the red dinner over at uh, North Shore and uh, they were playing the newlywed game. And I blogged about this this week and, um, <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> and there's, they're sitting there and, yes um there's roses in my living room um and so they encouraged people at the tables to play along and you know i'd taken a shower and gotten all dressed up i almost wore false eyelashes you know this was a big thing and uh, i thought i'm I'm gonna get all dressed up for brian we're gonna have a great night this is our valentine's day because he was also working on valentine's day and the final question was what's one word you would use to describe your wife or Yeah, it was your wife. And he's always being corny and sweet. And so I had this one word in my mind, you know, I thought probably loving because that's just what he would say. And um, what word did you actually say, honey?
1: I'm not using the word. I learned. (laughs) You can. You can. But I'm never using that word again. Uh, Well, he
0: he said that I was intense. And um, it doesn't necessarily carry with it a positive connotation. And over the next five minutes, I was exactly that one word. (laughs) And uh, that was just one thing, like Brian said, in a series of things. And um, by yesterday, when he gave me orange roses, I lost it. And I felt like such a fool, but at the same time, I was really upset because I didn't feel seen. And um, last night, um, we had this talk, you know, this coming to Jesus conversation, and Um, Because we love each other very much. But at the same time, it's that give and take. And it came down to exactly what you two are talking about, which is I don't feel seen and I don't feel respected. And being able to work through that and sometimes just being able to laugh at each other through that process. But ultimately remembering, okay, we've made a commitment. We love each other. This is why I love you. This part of you that's so easygoing that you don't see is part of the thing that I fell in love with because you're that easygoing, and you being so passionate is part, I mean, Brian never airs his grievances with me until he's <laughs> at the very end of his rope, but, um, you know, being able to be honest with each other about where we were and communicate, um, you guys have offered some excellent advice here today, and I'm so thankful you've been on, I have one final question, um, yeah, take it from me, you guys are hitting the nail on the head, um, what the Finding Something Real podcast is about is a journey towards redemption or restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And of those four things that we can find in Jesus Christ, which of those four things stands out to you the most in your marriage relationship right now and why?
3: One of the gifts of our marriage is I can be 100% authentic with Darcy. She, She knows everything. There's no secrets, and to be able to be that authentic and have her still love me is just, just amazing. It is, it is a gift, and I know all marriages are not like this, so I don't take it lightly that, that this is the person I can be absolutely myself with. Um, we, we really, truly love being around each other, and so I guess Darcy helps me. But, but at the same time, Darcy challenges me she has no problem challenging me, which makes me more authentic, right? She calls me out on stuff, but she calls me out in, in kindness. She calls me out the way a great coach would call you out, right, saying, hey, I'm seeing this. And 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 again, a great coach who calls out the truth in love makes you willing to be even more authentic and, and, and grow as a person, so for me, our marriage is unbelievably authentic.
2: And for me, just talking about Jim, it's love because he loves me so amazingly well and always has. Um, There was a gal um, that asked me years ago, what, what would you say the best quality of your, about your husband or what's the best quality in your husband? And I said, it's the way he loves me. And She's just blown away by that answer. But I just said, he just, he is in love with me. Like, I don't, I've never doubted that for a second. Not just in love with me, but shows me daily with his time, with his words, with the notes he writes me, um, just how much he really loves me. And that's huge. So good. So thank
0: you, too, for being on the Finding Something Real podcast. And if you want to find out more about Jim's books, They can go to jameslrubart.com. Am I correct? I got it. All right. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. If you love this series, please hit subscribe and come back next week when we talk with another guest about their story towards finding something real and having clarity through detours and distractions. Per usual, you can follow along on Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood or using the hashtag finding something real. And of course, you can also sign up for the free clarity resources that go along with this current series by heading over to my website at janellewood.com. Remember friend, you are loved and have a purpose. Until next time.